What did you eat for breakfast? <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I heard that question on, on your other podcast. I actually been on a health kick and um, I've been juicing, man. So um, I had a whole bunch of stuff. I had uh, beets and, and pears and apples and many delicious stuff in my body. <laughs> Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 78. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and a range of other services. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn how they can help you get your merch business to the next level. I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes, strategies, and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to. I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. Please welcome Hal Eisenberg to the podcast. Hal contributed drums to James Dan's Empowerment Songs project, including the track Hero's Journey that we heard in episode 76, as well as the track at the end of this interview. Not only is Hal a drama, but we find out about his amazing work in the New York school system, working as a social worker, having helped hundreds of thousands of kids find their voice and reach their full potential in the world. Hal talks about growing up, becoming homeless and falling into drugs and alcohol, then turning his life around to become a major force in the education system. We also hear about his near-death experience with COVID, and now his battle with cancer, as well as a special message of encouragement from a well-known New Jersey singer. This is an incredible chat, and I was extremely inspired after I talked with Hal. I hope you will experience the same insight and invigoration after listening to Hal speak. Here's the interview. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Hal Eisenberg from all, all the way from New York. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Simon. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so, yeah, just... Uh, we we got connected uh, by James Dand, um, and I'm going to have to do a bit of time travel here. James was originally in episode eight of my podcast, but I just recently recorded an update um, and about the uh, triple album that um, you and I both contributed to. Um, and I believe my schedule says that that's coming out bef the, the episode before this episode. So we're speaking about something in the future that's in the past. <laughs> which is kind of cool um so yeah so if if you could um just give everyone a background of uh you know what you do what you contribute to the album and you know what your what your background is all right so i am the ceo and founder of an organization called windows of opportunity and uh that's a 501c3 nonprofit here in new york city and it's a youth leadership development agency so i do a lot of out of the box type of leadership programs. Um, many of them, you know, surrounding like music and self-expression and youth like really learning about like who they are, what they stand for, how they want to express themselves in the world. Um, in that journey, which is, you know, there's a, a super long story to that, but the short version of it um, is I got involved in a lot of self-development work for myself personally, um, a lot of like spiritual stuff. Um, and then I connected with an organization in Canada called the Passion Center. And through that whole network of, you know, creating like support systems, I created um, a mastermind um, with, with James. Mm -hmm. And I, I met him through one of those like professional development support groups. And 
um, James, myself, and a couple of other people were meeting weekly just to discuss like, you know, projects and things that we wanted to personally put out in the world and how to support one another. And it had to be about, I guess it's got to be two years now where James is like, I got this idea, you know, I'm a musician and I kind of want to put this album out. And we had already been talking for a while, but music had never crossed our, our conversation. I was like, wait, you're a musician? Hmm. So am I. I was like, dude, we got to talk. Um, so he was like, yeah, well, when we get to recording, I'd love to have you on the album. And I was like, I'm so in. And um, as you know, um, the album is all about empowerment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that whole network of people have always been about wanting to send a positive message into the world. You know, one, and God knows we need it now more than, more than ever, right? You know, between coronavirus and, you know, Black Lives Matter and, and, you know, systemic racism and so many emotions like coming to the surface, we need a lot of like, you know, self-reflection and positivity and, 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 and good creation. And um, James is creating that with this album. So um, it's so awesome that, you know, you played guitar on one of the songs that, you know, I played drums. It's just amazing how he put all these musicians all over the world together um, to, to create this this album of positive music. So Absolutely. I, I'm honored to be on it. I'm honored to have played with you too. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's 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 been a great experience, and uh, yeah, like you said, it's 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 much much needed right now. But uh, you know, I think we're uh, you know th this kind of um, project is is you know it wasn't built for this, but it's you know yeah as I said, it's it's needed. So it's great that it's coming out you know very shortly. So that's excellent. Um, yeah, if, if you wouldn't mind, let's dig into your past a little bit. How did you get involved in music in the first place? Uh, like what, what sparked it for you? And then what sparked it? Uh, are you primarily a drummer or do you, are you a multi-instrumentalist? I'm primarily a drummer. I play a little bit bass, but my, my heart and soul is, is, is drums for sure. Um, I actually became a drummer. Um, I actually wanted to be a saxophonist. And I remember walking into into band class, something that a lot of schools don't have now. I remember walking into band class and I, I couldn't find the band room. So like all the saxophones were taken on the first day of class and the only thing left was a snare drum. So the music mm -hmm. was like, you're on the drums. And I'm like, drums? Um, but of course I fell in love with it and I won't admit how many years later it is. <laughs> uh, I'm still rocking out. Um, you know, it's it. I have a book coming out, Beautiful Souls, and it, it really, awesome. yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's coming out September 8th, and I'm, I'm super stoked about it because it, it captures so much of answering that question, right? Because there's so many different things that happened to me as a child that really, you know, gave me the music bug. I mean, you know, I'll be the first to say, um, you know, music, music saved my life. You know, music got me mm -hmm. off the streets. Um, you know, music, you know, kept me connected to wanting something more when I didn't know how to define that. Um, mm -hmm. It was that, that, that energy, that vibration that I couldn't, that frequency that I wasn't using those kind of spiritual, you know, higher consciousness words at the time. But it was, it was music that like literally saved me. But if I go really back into my childhood, the first album I ever had, and now I'm going to be dating myself, um, was, a, was a Stevie Wonder album that my uncle bought me. Um, mm. It was, um, oh my God, Happy Birthday was on, was the song on it. I'm trying to remember the name of the album now. Um, but my uncle played me this song, and it was about Martin Luther King Jr. and, and mm -hmm. civil rights, and how we should be celebrating this man who was, you know, killed for standing up. And I was like six years old when the album came out, seven years old. And I was like, whoa, somebody died for standing up for something for humanity. Like, right. I want to be like that, you know? So like, it was my first hook that like something powerful was doing something powerful in the world, you know? So I, I there was something about that energy that just from that point on, I, I was hooked. And my dad played 
oldies every day, you know, so I, I grew up on the Four Seasons and, you know, and then I discovered the Beatles and forget it. When I discovered Zepp and Aerosmith, I was done, you know, and then Bon Jovi, and then I became an 80s guy, an 80s metal guy. So, you know, I, I just fell in love with all that music. Fantastic. So what, what do you do? You're a social worker in the education system. Is that correct? Yes. Um, so awesome. part of part of my job with Windows of Opportunity is I have a lot of contracts with a lot of different schools. Um, so I do a lot of work um, with the education system. And I'm, I'm, I happen to be in one school in, in particular um, here in Queens, New York. I don't know if you know where Queens is. Um, I've been to Queens. Oh, OK, cool. Um, so, uh, you, you know, we, we have a very diverse population, a lot of lower socioeconomic students. Mm. And, and really almost no programs in the arts, mm. you know? So um, it's my job to, you know, do prevention and intention services. And um, we've created, um, the school that I'm in actually happens to be really, really special because I've been given some freedom to um, create some out of the box, you know, thinking type of programs. And, you know, we've created a, an educational framework um, that really is a holistic approach to education. Mm. So we've looked at the best models in the world uh, for the past seven, eight years, and we've taken from the best models and kind of put our own flavor on it um, with some really great data and research tools, and we've tested it for the last eight years. And our data is showing, like, extraordinary results. We're talking about, you know, kids who come into our school not able to read, um, graduating with, like, full scholarships to college, you know, uh, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, and, and even the data is showing that if we give them, you know, programs like, like music and the arts, um, they have five times more of a chance to achieve than kids who, who don't have programs, you know? Oh, in, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's it, it, from the, from the bean counters side of it, it's, it's all numbers, but you know, you, you and I both know that you can't develop a, a full, you know, mind without your left and your right brain. I mean, you, you, uh, you know, I've, I've worked in both engineering and, and I've been a musician all my life. And, you know, my, my, my dad, uh, he's retired now, but he was an engineer and that's where I get my mechanical side of my brain and my, my mom's side, my, my granddad was a painter and a pianist and that's where I get my creative side. And, you know, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have the two balanced sides of my brain to like, creatively think about problems in engineering or, or something like that so it, you know it's i i think it's imperative for kids to have the arts oh. i mean absolutely imperative a hundred percent and i love how you you talk about the left and the right brain and 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 you know our programs are really diving into like social emotional intelligence right um and, mm. and nurturing not just the academics you know but nurturing that that creativity and giving them a voice, like the ability to critically think and and be empowered to to basically like stand in their own light and know that they have a light and know that they have power and their voice matters. I didn't learn that when I was a kid, you know. Mm. So so to be able to provide that for these students and see them shine is is just, you know, a really great place to be in. Absolutely. And yeah, so could you talk a little bit about the Passion Center? You, you mentioned that a little bit. That's in, up in Toronto. So what, what does that do? Uh, the Passion Center is amazing. I'm so glad that you asked me that question. Um, so the Passion Center, so the, the CEO and founder of the Passion Center is this amazing woman. Her, her name is Kira Day. I met Kira um, about two years ago at a leadership conference that I went up to Toronto. Um, and the second we connected, it was like kismet. It was like her programs mirrored my programs, except she did it for um, professionals, you know, for, for mm -hmm. adults. And I was focusing on teens. And we had even almost like similar names for the programs, you know. Um, I had a Dream Out Loud conference and she had a Build Your Dream program. And it was like, mm -hmm. okay this is weird. Like we need to like maybe talk about collaborating together. Um, and from there it just like, it kind of took off. Um, she has an approach. Um, and, and it, I'm actually 
would love to have you like interview her because she sells yeah, it that a would be lot. Great. She sells it a lot more intellectually than I do. Um, but she basically takes um, science and, and, and the ideas of, that surround professional development and she brings it together. So she, it's not like mm. a lot of people mistake her for and her programs as like life coach type of programs, but it's the concept of unless you understand how the inner workings of your mind works um, and how it affects your emotions until you can understand that you can't really comprehend what your blocks are and how to unblock them. So then you can define what your dreams are, mm. you know, and then she'll take it to the next step and she'll help you build your programs and build your dreams. And, I'm totally not being biased here. Every single client that has gone through the Passion Center has all said the same thing. There is nobody like Kira Day in the Passion Center. So the fact that I'm on her board is an honor. Um, mm. You also run a program together called Passion Nights. So it's very much like this. You know, it's it's kind of like a Zoom call once a month. We have guest speakers come on. Um, we have different like thought-provoking topic. We do our breakout room and it's, it's to challenge like, you know, who you are and what your dream is in the world. And, or maybe you just have an idea that you want to get around like-minded people and you want to kind of like just explore some thoughts and feelings. We, we, we have um, the space, we hold space for them to, to do that. So it's called Passion Nights. Um, before Corona hit, um, we were doing one in Toronto and one in New York City. And now that Corona hit, we drew it online together. So it's really, it's really awesome. I think the next one is August 28th. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've like, I, I do a little, uh, I've recently been doing a little bit of a kind of pre, I don't know, get on my soapbox thing at the beginning of my episodes. And I, I've started talking about emotional um, intelligence. You know, it's, it's, it's something that I think, honestly, my, my, and I've said this in my, in my preamble that, if people, if, if, if the world decides to kind of start focusing on their own emotional intelligence and working on their problems, the world would like the, the level of empathy for humankind would just like skyrocket. A hundred percent. And Kira and I have this conversation all the time. You'll, you'll love Kira. It's, it's also like, I want to take that to the next level. If we start teaching and nurturing emotional intelligence as early as preschool mm. through high school, you can transform all of society. And some people think it's like an idealistic point of view, but I really don't think so. I, I think it's so no. attainable, especially with what's going on in the world now. It's like the education system is completely challenged, right? Like schools are a mess. Nobody knows what's happening in September. Nobody responded properly to, to everybody going home and, 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 you know, being on lockdown and, I've seen so many horrible things. I've seen kids like pass through without even looking at, at grades and papers just because, you know, nobody wanted to be called out on not knowing what to do, uh, which right. is doing a disservice, right, to those students. Mm -hmm. But if we all had the mindset that our job was to not only nurture their emotional intelligence, but nurture ours as adults, professionals, administrators, we, we could transform society. I also believe school is the, is what like the church used to be. Like church used to be like the center of town, the laws, the government, everything came from, 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 from church. And I think I'm going back to, I did a horrible history, like medieval times. Right. But like yeah. education in school should be that now it should be the link to, to every, every, pillar that makes society function is is a bridge from from education so if we nurture the next generation or this generation to go into those society pillars then they'll bring those values and that emotional intelligence to shift those systems and create better systems in the world absolutely so it's logical to me <laughs> yes yeah, absolutely so what um like bouncing off that subject I mean, I'm really, you know, I've I've been the the whole reason I set this up uh, as a podcast is because of uh, my interest in entrepreneurship. Um, as a as someone who works with kids, like, how do you, like, how how would you go about nurturing a 
a mindset of entrepreneurship or just being curious, like eternally curious in, in a child that maybe is, you know, at, at best, just not really that interested. So I have two answers to that. So I forget the exact statistic, but I believe it's 77% of business leaders. I just read this 77% of business leaders um, who are hiring new employees look for creativity, right? That's like the number one quality they're looking for. So again, that brings us back to the arts, right? You know, if we can teach kids how to be creative, then their minds are going to be in that creative mode, right? So now we've got mm-hmm. emotional intelligence handle. We've got that working clearly. So their mind is thinking positive and forward thinking, right? So they're going to want to then, whatever their passion is, whatever their soul is saying, they'll understand that language and they're going to want to create something mm. in the world that comes from that space. So I think we have to we have to nurture that. That's my first answer. My second response to that, um, one of the one of the components of our framework um, is we've taken the concept of self-study to the next level. So envision this classroom of, of 30 or 35 kids, right? And each kid chooses their passion to start. So you're not in science class, you're not in math class. Each kid picks what they want to learn. So you know, little Jimmy wants to learn about astronomy and, you know, Jane wants to learn about horticulture, right? Well, the teacher in that room is going to nurture that um, ability to look into those topics. So everybody Mm. will be learning how to do research, how to do self-study, how to present around that topic. Scientific method. Exactly. And if you want to do a business, that could be in that type of type of course, right? Um, some of the smartest people in the world that I know, I mean, I, I don't know everybody, hmm. have zero college. Right. You know, you know, they've, they've with the internet and Google, and you, know, you can teach yourself whatever your passion is without necessarily needing an education. Obviously, careers like doctor, lawyers, and things like that, you, you, you need an education. And I'm not down playing college at all, right? We live in a world where we can use the information society to really advance our intellect. Awesome. Yeah, you. I had almost the identical conversation with my friend Dave. Uh, so Waking Up From Work podcast, I don't know if you've hit those episodes yet. Um, you, you would be perfect to go on a show because we, we had the same, almost same exact word for word conversation. <laughs> I'd love to. Like, definitely hook it up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, that, that's, that's killer. Um, I've got so many directions to go, but, um, you, unfortunately, is, is it, if something you're comfortable talking about, you, you just, uh, got over COVID. Yeah. Had an experience. I not only, so I'm very comfortable talking about this. So, uh, and, and, and I don't mind talking about this because of, of my spiritual lens on, on, on life. Uh, but not only, did I just get over COVID and, and I, I was in the hospital for three weeks. Um, but I also recently got diagnosed with stage one bladder cancer. So mm, sorry uh, to hear that. No, totally cool. Like it's okay. There's a whole spiritual lens I have on that, like, okay. uh, which is helping me to go deeper with into, um, you know, my subconscious cause it's the cancer showed up to teach me a lesson. And, you know, it, it, it was, it was teaching me, that I wasn't listening to my body and I wasn't listening to that voice that was saying, you know, take care of me, you know, love me type. Mm. And now I'm doing, I've changed my whole diet and I, you know, I'm doing a lot more spiritual practices and, and it's always spiritual, but there's a difference between what I learned from this cancer is there's a difference between, you know, going through the, the motions of what you think is spiritual, waking up, meditating, some affirmations and then going about your day and actually feeling it and actually being present with all your emotions. So I've been exploring a lot of, a lot of that and a lot of that self, a lot of that self healing, which I know you, mm. you were talking about um, in one of our openings, one of the podcasts I was listening to. Um, but yeah, my COVID experience was, 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 um, was also eye opening. It was, I was in the hospital for three weeks 
Um, I was a hundred percent on my deathbed. Um, mm. It was it was scary. Uh, the the guy who was next to me was much older, and he passed away uh, from, from Corona. So I actually I watched him pass away, and the guy in the room next to me went into cardiac arrest. And you know, so there's two things I want to say. One is the healthcare workers did amazing on what they could do. So you see a lot of stuff in the news, like let's cheer the health workers on and we a hundred percent should. But when I had COVID, this is going back to March when it really first hit, nobody knew which way, which way it was up. You know, mm-hmm. it was short staffed. It was, there was, I was in a hospital in New York city with eight, nine, four were packed with COVID patients. Um, so it was, it was um, hard. Like sometimes we'd click the button because I needed a nurse. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe and um, not to go out. There were things coming out of my body that I couldn't identify. Um, mm-hmm. It would take a nurse like three or four hours, not because the nurse was bad, just because she had so many patients that, you know, she had to, had to tend to. And there was literally a moment where I was ready to like check out. I was in that much pain. Mm. And, and it was a really dear friend of mine that literally said to me, um, you have a choice. Like you could check out or, or you can choose life right now and fight. And in that moment, like I had this, like this, this spiritual intuition that was just like, you got to live. You've got to like checking out is not an option for you. So I chose in that moment to, to stay and fight. Uh, and I was still in the hospital two more weeks after that. Mm. Uh, and after that, it took me probably two months to fully recover. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And, uh, I think you have another story based on that experience as well that you might want to share. Which story is that? <laughs> I know yeah. we, we the, were talking about one. The, the celebrity, the celebrity message. Ah, uh, the celebrity. Yeah. My, my dear friend, Dave, God bless him. Um, you know, talk about music journeys. You know, David and I were quintessential best friends that this is now I'm dating myself again. Like you go online and buy tickets for any concert or whatever. If you have an American Express, you get tickets, you know, a week in advance. Mm-hmm. We grew up, we, we slept overnight, sleeping bag, pillow, you know, outside a store, know for whatever it was a week two weeks burning fire you know getting hot coffee because we wanted tickets and i can't tell you how many times i did that for bon jovi and you know when you read my book um or if you read my book you know how i how i discovered bon jovi in my in my younger days was a very profound moment for me and it it literally was you know living on a prayer was was literally the song that reached my soul that kind of pulled me out of some really deep trouble. Mm. Um, and it was just the timing of the first time I heard that song. And, and, you know, I was, I was on the streets and I was struggling and, um, you know, I, I wasn't, I was kicked out of my house. So I was, I was struggling with, you know, being, you know, a homeless teenager and not knowing where my life was, was heading. And, you know, and then I heard that song, you know, so, it had like uh like that that hope in me to like you know keep hanging on. So anyway, I have a million Bon Jovi stories through the years. I've seen them sixty hmm. something times in concert. Everybody knows I love all types of music, but if I had to pick one artist, like Bon Jovi was it for me. Like I just his lyrics, his words, whatever. So when I was in the hospital on my deathbed, um, you know, Dave, who was on the line for all those concerts, you know, waiting for tickets for me jumped through hoops and called everybody under the sun because he wanted John Bon Jovi to leave me a message. I had friends and even one of my friends is a, is a, is a big time, um, uh, DJ here, um, Mm. in New York on on one of the rock stations. Um, he even turned around and said, good luck to my friend. He was like, I love how, you know, but there's no way you're going to get John Bon Jovi to leave Hal a message. It's just like everybody contacts John. Well, they wouldn't stop. Right, right. <laughs> they wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. He went to iHeartRadio. He talked to the the manager there who cooked him up. John's manager. L- long story short, 
I get I get a video message on my phone from John Bon Jovi, um, you know, joking around with me and and wishing me luck and you know telling me that he knows that I'm gonna beat I'm gonna beat the COVID and I'm gonna beat the cancer and um, you know to keep faith, which is one of his big songs. So it was cool. Like it was really it was awesome for John to like you know take a few minutes to like. You know, as a as a fan, you're just like, oh wow, you know. And you know, of course, mm. me and Dave always been about giving back. So we plan on going to John's school kitchen and um, volunteering. And you know, I know John's really into education. So Cole, who knows? Maybe we'll collaborate on a project in the future too. So awesome. I was really grateful for that moment. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, that's yeah, that's fantastic. My my wife's a big uh, Bon Jovi fan too. Have you Sorry. seen um? Have you seen Phil X live since he's been in the band? I gotta tell you, I was a big, I was a big Richie fan, and I and I was following John in the band when when Richie, you know, was going through his struggles and his issues. So as any diehard Bon Jovi fan, you know, you were just kind of like not into into Phil X, but dude, like as a guitarist, like that guy. Mm. That guy won me over. Like, not only is he like a down to earth, awesome guy, but holy shit, he can play. I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse you. <laughs> yep, go for it. <laughs> that guy can play guitar. Like, he, he's the man. He's the man. So, like, I totally dig Phil X, and he's amazing in concert. Unbelievable. Have you seen the documentary Hide Gun? I didn't, but somebody told me that. Yeah, I had you got to check it out. It out. Uh, it, that I don't. I'm not a big fan of the way they've edited it, but uh, but that that aside, it's it's a killer documentary. I, I I heard all about it. I heard it. I have to. I'm gonna have to check it out for sure. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you Phil Phil has a podcast too now. And oh, he does. No, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, you got to check that out. And then he, you know his Instagram is great. Like he's always putting up like right. ridiculous solos that he duplicates. That's just unreal. Like. <laughs> hmm fantastic yeah um yeah so we've talked about what you got in got into music and was it was there a particular drummer that that did it for you back in the day when you were learning or oh man was it just kind of that whole experience in school so 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 two of my favorite dramas like the first drummer that i fell in love with was liberty devito which was billy joel's drama um he's in the, he's in hired gun is he really oh yep he's a monster monster drummer um i i loved his style i love studying him um when he, he did the when billy did the live rusher album um and they did um they opened up with angry young man in that concert the drumming was just so sick it was like and I studied and studied and studied that song forever, like until I could figure out how to play. And I still can't do it justice like him, but like, ah, oh, just unbelie- unbelievable. And then obviously, you 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 can't talk drumming without talking Neil Peart, you know, mm-hmm. so up from uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, like, he's a god. Like, just you know, there's there's and then some. I would I would go to concerts. I had. Um, my friend Jen was a big Rush fan. She, she would always get, you know, front row, second row tickets. She spent a fortune on Rush like I would for Bon Jovi. And sometimes she'd have extra tickets and, and, and have me tag along um, without paying for them, which is nice. <laughs> Good mm. friend. Um, and I would see, I would watch Neil like front row and I'd be like, I'm done. I'm putting the sticks down. Like, I'm just like, mm. I, I walk out of the concert depressed. Like, you know, like unreal. But, uh, yeah, you know, may 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 he rest in peace for sure. Um, and this just amazing. I, I mean, I love Tico Torres, uh, obviously, and mm-hmm. um, oh my god, it's just there's just a million drummers out there that I love. You know. Oh yeah, my my favorite uh, drummers are um, Marco Miniman. Mm. Um, love his style, and I, I've I've actually interviewed Brian Bella of the Aristocrats. Wow. So um that was a killer interview um i'm just trying to think who 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 would be my top i mean neil pert notwithstanding i mean so neil and um obviously uh um police drummer why am i blanking on um oh um stuart uh copeland yes stuart copeland and and rush uh, and neil pert were the two you know 
biggest they they were always touted as the two you know big uh big giants back in the day of of kind of prog quote unquote but yeah i mean i really really like um outside of marco i'm black why am i blanking it's like right on the tip of my tongue anyway doesn't matter um but yeah marco marco's definitely my one of my biggest as a guitar player you know he he's so musical um oh you know you know who uh really blew me away i saw um the jelly jam are you familiar with the jelly jam that's, that's, so that's for, for listeners that's uh, uh rod uh, it's it's uh Ty T- Tabor from uh, king's x mm-hmm. uh john my young from dream theater and rod morgenstein and uh from dixie drags and he's a um is he still teaching at berkeley i think he is i don't know yeah um but he he like he did so the, his solo was ridiculous i mean I I was completely floored by his his playing. Right, right. Like it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. Dream Theater is another one of those like incredible like bands. They're from they're from this area, right? They're from New York. From yep. Yeah, yeah. They're from Long Island. From Long Island. Yep. Yep. So uh, yeah, Portnoy was actually instrumental in. So if you listen to to the episodes where I actually have a an intro, because I've been kind of toying with my format a little bit but if you listen to the intro music that's that's my friend bruce his band killbot zero bruce and i actually uh, met on portnoy's uh forum when they had forums um and he was looking for someone to design t-shirts and that's how we got connected and we've been you know firm friends ever since so um but yeah, sorry, didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but this is like a real music podcast where two musicians yeah, go absolutely. off and talk about bands and stuff. <laughs> right. Um. So what? So uh, what prompted you to get into social work, like working with kids, and you know what? What was that impetus? <laughs> the, the real, the real truth. <laughs> I, it was actually to impress a girl. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's usually the the reason you pick up a guitar, but right, right, right. Well, that's the reason I became a drummer too. Like, I wanted to I wanted to impress girls when I was in, in middle school. Um, it, I was um, I was dating I was dating a girl, and um, she she was a social worker, and she worked at this local community service agency, and she was and she was um doing this big event and she asked me to, you know, come down and, and you know, volunteer at the event with her. She needed some extra hands. So I went down to this event and there were a bunch of kids hanging out and I started like shooting hoops with them. I started talking to them and they were talking to me about their problems. And there was like this cool, like energy going on and stuff. And, um, you know, she came up to me after and she was like, you were awesome with those kids. You ever think about being a social worker? And I was like, no, I was like, what do I have to do for that? She goes, you need a master's degree. I'm like, in college she's like yeah and i was like fuck that no way i'm, I'm not, <laughs> not doing i was like anti-establishment anti-college like it's like not doing any of that she like six months she like like leaned on me it was like just try a class just try a class so i finally went and i, I went to a community college and i said listen i want to impress this girl i'm going to try this class you know maybe it'll also keep her quiet you know and um i got in the class and and it was so different than my high school experience. You know, I was I was a little older. The professor was awesome. It challenged my thinking, and I fell in love with school. I fell in love with education, and I was like, "This is cool." So then I just dove in, and I started taking social work classes, and I fell in love with social work. I became president of the social work council, um, and then nine eleven hit. Um, mm. Before nine eleven hit. Um, I had, I had one family member, my aunt, who was this just amazing role model and this amazing support system. Um, and I told her then I would, I would go out for coffee with her and I was like, I think I want to start my own company because, you know, my hair was like twice as long and greasy. And I mean, I got COVID now. I haven't got a haircut since February. I got the COVID hair going on. But then it was like even longer, right? And I was like, no one's going to listen to me. And she was like, you should chase your dreams. And I was like, no, no, no. And I was like, but I want to do something for kids because like, I didn't have anybody and I think it could be done better. And she was like, do it, do it. 9-11 happened and she was a first responder. And the short version of the story, she ended up losing her life 
because of, of the work she did there. Um, and it, it happened, happened fast and it destroyed me. It was, it was, it was, I was devastated. Um, but she, she worked with kids. She worked with crack addicted babies. Um, she worked at a youth agency. Um, she worked on Wall Street. She just did everything. She was a go-getter. Um, so like in memory of her, that became my catalyst to like, say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to finish my social work degree. I'm going to start my own agency. I'm going to do it in her honor. And fast forward, I've now worked with about 300,000 kids in a whole bunch of programs all over the world. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So what else can we talk about? Uh, you, you have, we've mentioned your book. I mean, yeah. Oh, your band. So your band is called Outlet. You yeah. still, uh, obviously I'm, I'm assuming stuff's not happening right now, but yeah. Talk about your band. Yeah. Outlet is, um, ah, uh, outlet is my life and soul. Like, you know, it's it's no secret that that bands have a hard time with longevity and and you know you know and 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 um you know especially once they get they get bigger you know we never got to that level but we we faced a lot of those challenges as a band you know um you know you know are we going to break up or you know we need this musician or you know how are we going to get more gigs and learning more songs and not always agreeing and having different <laughs> musical tastes you know how that goes right uh, and i want to learn this song i want to learn this song. um but i'm really proud to say like not only have we worked through it but we've become like this family unit and uh it's 22 years later um uh, and wow. and for about 17 of those years, uh, maybe 18, we were playing out like regularly, like, you know, you know, a couple of times a month. And, um, um, we've raised, it's a funny story. We've raised over a hundred thousand dollars for charity for various charities. Cause we're always about giving back. But the, but the, but the, the interesting part of that story is that's how we started getting gigs because we weren't good enough to get booked. You know, we started saying, we'll do it for charity. Like, just let us play. And they were like, oh, you'll play for free and we can raise money for someone else. So we're like, yeah, <laughs> that's how we started getting booked. Um, so yeah, um, the band's amazing. Um, you know, a female, female front singer, five piece. Um, my, I have two guitarists. Neither one has an ego. Um, one is, wow. One, that's yeah, impressive. It's so impressive. Right. One's really awesome at like heavy rock blues. And the other one is he, he's so interesting. Um, him and I will go off in a solo. We'll, we'll, we'll get into a trance somewhere. Um, he's, he's, uh, kind of like an eighties metal guitarist, but he plays in a Christian rock band also that tours up and down the East coast. Mm. He's so he's spiritually grounded and he, he plays the style of music that I truly am passionate about, you know? So like, it's just this whole like transformational, like, you know, moments when we're on stage and, um, and we're, we're a cover band, no, no, no originals. Um, but we've been jamming 22 years. Um, and we do it old school, three sets a night, you know, we're, wow. you know, 35, 40 songs a night, all the shows are mixed up. So we probably know, you know, three, 400 songs. Um, so it's, it's great. And, you know, when we don't play for a couple of months, it's, or, you know, we might go five or six months now because everybody in the band is getting older now and stuff. You know, it's just a matter of like dusting off the cobwebs, like one or two rehearsals and we're just right, right back in the pocket. So it's really great to be there. You know, the band has evolved. I can honestly say, I think we're pretty good um, where we weren't when we were playing, like maybe the first five years and just doing benefits. Um, but we have a good time, you know, and we and it, awesome. there's zero egos in the band. So like we'll bring musicians up. So like if you came to a show, we'd be like, dude, grab the guitar, like come up and jam. You know, <laughs> that's that's killer. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, yeah. So I like to, I do like to um, add a uh, a section that I call the non quick fire round. Um, okay. So what significant? I mean, again, we may have covered a lot of this, but Let's what significant negative experience have you overcome, and what did it teach you? 
what negative experience have I overcome? Oh my God. That's like the first four sections of my book. Um, <laughs> mm. um, you know what? Life has been a series of, of um, challenging moments. Um, you know, when I was a kid and, and I was, I was, I was homeless and um, I got in a really unhealthy relationship and, you know, I, um, you know, I discovered alcohol and drugs. Um, you know, um, there's some really heavy stuff in the book about that. Um, you know, and I've been, I've been, I've been clean 20 plus years now. Um, Congratulations. So, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, typical, you know, love, heartbreak stuff. But you know, what's really interesting about that question is, you know, the spiritual answer to that for me is everything that was negative in my life. And, and there's probably, I probably sit here and list like 20, 30, 40, 50 things. You know, I went through a lawsuit when my company went through a lawsuit with, uh, with the education system because they thought I was stealing their programs. I thought my career was over and it actually ended up boosting my career. And, you know, but I went through three years of like questioning if I was going to have like a, a future career or not. Mm. Um, that was, that was really stressful and anxiety, anxiety ridden, but every single challenge, every single struggle, every single uh, bad relationship or, or troubled relationship or breakup um, has all been a blessing. You know, it, it, those negatives actually are positive to me now, you know, where I used to look at it as like this pain thing and it would, it would anchor me to, to fear and frustration, you know, moving forward. Now I've let go of all of that and it's all really like, I'm thankful for those lessons that I got. So it's evolved me into like who I am now and I can bring that into into my current relationships and the way I run my business now. So um, no negatives. They're all, they've all been overcome. <laughs> wow. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you would, let's flip that and say, what, what's the most positive um, experience that's given you the encouragement to, to follow this journey, whether that be business, whether that be music, however you want to answer. You know, I'm going to be raw and honest here. Like I'm really blessed. Like I, you know, there's, you know, when I look at, at my circles of influence around me, um, you know, I, I, I have so many blessings in my life. I have so many people in my life that, um, have supported me and supported my dreams, you know, from sponsors, the volunteers to, to everything. Um, you know, but there's that tribe, that inner tribe, um, you know, that one or two people, um, that, you know, are there in the dead of night, like Bon Jovi lyric, in the dead of night, like they'll be there. Um, <laughs> kind of pull that music reference out. Um, that tribe, uh, motivates me spiritually. Um, we can, we, we have deep dives for hours about building program and curriculum and not just talking about it. We'll be in action, you know, um, mm. you know, building, building those programs, building curriculum, the, this collaboration I have with Toronto, our two organizations that for the last two years has been one of my most tremendous, beautiful blessings. You know, um, it's taken, my professional career to like a whole other level, you know, so where, you know, everyone thinks it's really cool that I worked with almost 300,000 kids, you know, after working with that organization, I can visualize easily hitting a couple million, you know, and that's my, that's my vision, like moving forward is taking all this positive energy and, and that inner tribe support um, and the team around me. And I have a really awesome team around me. Um, and taking these programs into multiple schools and um, multiple venues and just like really, really, you know, moving it, moving it forward and giving music a voice again, right? Mm. Giving, giving music that, that power in the schools, you know, so kids can, you know, find themselves and be able to express themselves. That's, that's, that's music will always be my passion. Um, so I like the fact that they can integrate, you know, the two for mm. sure. 
Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, final question is, what does music mean to you? Oh, I want to tell the story. Go ahead. Um, this is also my book. So um, you're getting a preview of my whole book, man. <laughs> um, I met a girl. Her name was Robin. Um, we, we, we didn't, we didn't really date. We, we, we hung out a little bit. Um, but I met her at a party and she was deaf and, and she was, you know, she was able to speak a little bit, but you know, um, as you know, or if you ever met somebody who was deaf, you know, sometimes the, the, the words are, are a little bit mumbled. Um, right. but she was able to lip read. Um, and I wasn't able to sign yet. I learned a little bit of sign language. Um, but you know, she was like, you look like you're in a band. And then I'm like, I said, I am. And she was like, teach me music. And I was like, mm. but you're, you're deaf. And she was like, I don't care. She's like, teach me music. And she takes my hand, she drags me to the car. And I was like, how am I going to teach you music? And she's like, I can feel it. She's like, just turn it up. And she put her hand on the speaker and she's like, tell me the lyrics. And I told her the lyrics and she's like, I can feel it. She's like, I can feel the vibration. And that was the first time I, I learned. And I tell that story because that took music for me to a whole other level. You know, that music is about vibration. It's about frequency. It's about souls speaking to each other. You know, it's about, it's about expansion. It's about um, connection. It's about mm -hmm. being able to express yourself and, and stand for something and make a difference in this world. Even if the person making a difference for is, is yourself, right? Cause you have to make a difference for yourself before you can make a difference for everyone else. And, and that's what I think music is. Music is, is this breathing expression of, of life. It's, mm -hmm. it's the language of the soul. Absolutely agree. 100%. Um, awesome. I don't know. It, it might be a little bad taste, but have you heard the joke? Um, you know, M Mozart was constantly being told he, uh, he, he couldn't become a musician, but did he listen? <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That's funny. <laughs> so, all right. What I, what I do like to do is, uh, actually I haven't asked you where people can find you. So where, where can people find out about you, about your programs, get in touch? Yeah. Um, awesome. So I'm, I'm on every social media platform there is. So my Instagram is, I have two Instagrams, uh, Woo Inc. W O I N C. And the other one is windows of opportunity 88. I'm really big in city signs. So 88, if you want to remember it that way. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I have a website, W-O-O-I-N-C.org. Um, text me, 718-916-6037. Call me. I talk to people all over the world. Um, I've been blessed to, to, to work in, in different countries. People call me from all over. So feel free to call me. Shoot me out a message. I'm, I'm down for setting up meetings and having conversations and collaborating. Fantastic. And then uh, I, I don't think I, I asked this before, but um, is there a song that you'd like to play at the end? Something, you know, that you, you've written or uh, maybe a, a friend's band that you want to give a shout out to? Oh, man. You know, my heart is telling me we should promote James, right? You know, um, if the album is out for the end of the show, you know, maybe we can put one of James' tracks on, you know, maybe the track that we were both on together. That, so uh, uh, yeah, actually, that's gonna that track is actually on James's episode. Oh, okay. So we can't so it's that. gonna be released. Like I said, we're going back in time to go in the future, but that'll you will hear that track, the Hero's Journey, in episode. I want to say it's seventy-two, if I remember rightly. Um, so yeah, I mean, if I'll I'll talk to James and we can maybe set up a different track. What 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 other track were you on? Uh, I was on um, it's time. I think that's the name of the song. It's them. Um, so yeah, we can use we can use that song if you want, or um, okay. yeah, w w whatever. Um, let's not do Bon Jovi because that's so cliche. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, he's gonna say Bon Jovi." Let's not do. Bon Jovi. Well, plus I don't think I'll get permission. <laughs> oh right right, like, right, right, right. I like to keep it on indie bands. You know, people that we're personally connected to. So 
All right. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. Really, really enjoyed getting to know you and, you know, finding all about everything you're doing. Um, you know, please stay in touch, uh, continued success and, uh, you know, hope everything works out. You know, you get, you, you recover from everything and, uh, yeah, like I said, stay in touch and maybe we can uh, work together in the future. Thank you so much. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to seeing you. Thanks, as always, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, then I'd be extremely grateful if you would. I have added a page on musiconyourownterms.com to allow you to do just that. On that page, I have added some eBay affiliate links to equipment I use on the podcast. If you buy anything from eBay with these links, then I earn a commission which really helps me continue to provide this great content to you, the listener. Stay up to date with the podcast and find out who I'll be interviewing in upcoming episodes before they air by signing up for the mailing list at musiconyourownterms.com. On the site, you'll also find show notes for every episode, some pretty cool videos to check out from various guests, and also links to their music and social media if you want to find out more. While you're there, don't forget to take a peek at the store and pick up something for your grandma. Keep pushing the needle and please be excellent to each other. From James Dan's Empowerment Songs album, featuring Hal on the drums and myself on guitar, this is My Time. Your life and what you want it to be It's time to get out there and create